Hey everybody and welcome to episode 3 of the Business Minds podcast. Finally, after a few months of absence, we're back with a brand new episode and I'm very happy to interview Manuela Favori today, who is the current head of B2C and B2B marketing at Charlie Education. Charlotte Education is an online study platform where students can organize their learning material, create flashcards and easily prepare for their exams. Plus, students are able to view their learning progress and stay motivated. Charlotte Education is available online and also for iOS and Android. Be sure to check it out. I'll link everything in today's show notes. You'll hear a bit more about the company later, but first Manuela will share her story of how and why she decided to move from the warm and sunny Sao Paulo, Brazil, where she worked as an agency executive, to finding her new calling in Berlin, where she worked both as a freelance consultant and marketing executive for multiple startups. In addition to giving us a very interesting look behind the scenes of the startup and agency world, be prepared for some great advice on how to get started as a freelancer. So I hope you'll enjoy listening to this episode and let's jump right in. One of those moments, life-changing moments. Yeah. But uh, I think the life-changing moment was just in my mind when I realized I was living a life that was not mine anymore. And I just said, okay, this is not me. I'll try something I always wanted to, which was learning German. And you then always I always wanted to learn German. Yeah, and then I just uh, basically quit my job, sold my house, and and moved to Germany. Wow. And I was like, oh, let's see what happens. And I knew I didn't want to work for agencies anymore. So. How long have you been working for agencies? Ten years. That's quite some time. I know it doesn't seem like I'm that old. <laughs> actually not. No, actually not. I was really when I looked at your LinkedIn, I was like, how long has she been working? I was like. <laughs> yeah, because in Brazil, the reality is different. Yeah. Um, like uh, we leave school and immediately we go to the university, of course, the ones that have the chance to. Right. And then on the second year of already start working, like uh, it's called internship. But mm -hmm. my back in the days, it was like a full time job. Today, I think they have different regulations. But I was basically working full time since I started working yeah. with marketing. And it already started when I was like 23. I remember being already in the agency at night, you know, the full night preparing documentation for a pitch for, you know, this, this uh, project with a, a public company. And I was a child. Yeah. You know, so I kind of kind of built uh, up from 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 that age already. And uh, I studied at night. My my uni course was from wow. seven to eleven. So I was basically working full time and and studying uh, at night. And then you kind of <laughs> I don't know how I did that. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And I went partying, of course, because, you of know, course. it's uni Why times. not? <laughs> yeah. How did you manage that in 24 hours? That's crazy. Yeah, good question. Yeah. I think uh, youth helps. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. So it's like, you know, I worked a lot. Today I realized I really worked in a way I don't want today. So for me, it's still hard working for a startup. You see people like, you know, full power working mm -hmm. uh, 10, 12 hours every day. And I'm like, I'm not in the mood anymore. I did this too much already. 
Right. So to find this balance and also put my limits, it's still something that um, I find it hard to do. How is the culture like in a startup? I mean, you said it's still like 10, 12 hours working, and but you being as a, working as an executive now uh -huh. for a startup, which we will talk about a little bit more in detail later. How do you kind of lead by example and how does that kind of work with the culture you know uh-huh well um i'm just starting in this company so it's a fine tune also in the times of corona so it's not like uh you're already inserted in the culture and you can already yeah. read that but for me it is a matter of listening to people and understanding those signs they give to you and what kind of leadership they're in need so yesterday uh we were just discussing the team one of the the girls is, is going on holidays and the other was like yeah you know i can i will live on holidays and then i can check my emails i was like hold on so <laughs> either you leave on holidays or you check your emails when you're here you know i want your full focus but Don't do this on holidays. Yeah. I know it's uh, those boundaries between uh, work and personal life are less clear today. Yeah. But still, it's important that people know when to turn the switch yeah. off and on because otherwise they just uh, get crazy. It's, it's right. always a balance. And if you love your work the way I do, I love what I do. It's sometimes hard to say no, but it's important. Hmm. And uh, in the end, is how you you put your passion and how you're a hundred percent there when you're doing your work hmm. instead of working more. And in time, people realize that yes. Manu needs her time to go to sports. I, I do sports almost every day. That's good because it's super important for yeah. me. So they know uh, during lunchtime, I have on my calendar. Please don't schedule anything here unless it's super necessary. And of course, I can be flexible and, you know, you have to schedule a time with five different people. It's not always ideal. But if you open too much, it becomes a standard. So you That's have true. to set your boundaries and people are, you know, your, your team should be understanding. People are, are different. Right. Yeah. When did you kind of start to think this way? So you, you worked for agencies in Brazil mostly? Yeah. yeah. Um, for 10 years, right? And then yeah. that was like a basically 24-7 job, more or less, weekends and, and stuff like There that? There was uh, the time it was more like that in the beginning of the, the career for the first like eight <laughs> years. I worked for a production uh, house when I, you know, I left to shoot videos at five in the morning. We spent the whole day shooting because the light is better. And then I, I would go back to the to the production house to work on script and answer clients' emails. So I was, I was having like a double hmm. shift. Mm -hmm. And it was fine yeah. because it was, you know, I was on that part of my life and I was enjoying it. And the team was awesome. The feeling was like everybody was really on the same boat. Right. And it, it's fun, right? Working at like an agency, kind of these vibes there and the yeah. people and yeah. But yeah. sometimes when you have the feeling the other side, which is the client, uh, lost completely the idea of what is priority and why. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> why do you need to send something until Friday if they're only checking on next Wednesday? 
Right. You know those kinds of stuff. Exactly. It's it's just uh, this need of control that some companies have, and uh, this lack of perception of the other side, and how building a relationship is so important for the the quality of the work. Yeah. So some clients completely lost it. Okay. I have so many names, but you can just think about uh, huge uh, consumer product uh, corporations, right. and all of them basically follow the same standard so for a while it it worked i was on that part of my life and also i don't know how the agencies world is is here in in germany but there was um like if you don't do somebody else will so you just i think it's pretty much the same same, (laughs) i would say so so. you just you love your job you love your colleagues and uh, the clients were awesome i had playstation was my client also they were a special case <laughs> nice. because the team was amazing. I miss working with them, the clients also. Yeah. And the projects were so cool. But then uh, at some point for some clients, if you don't do, somebody else will. So, you know, you choose to have a job. Right. Basically. Yeah. So at some point it was not a choice. And in the end, when I was already leading big team, I was uh, directing the strategy department at uh, Iris. This the last agency I worked for. I loved my the team there and the... And my own leadership, the owners were just uh, the most important uh, people in my career so far. Wow. And I just had a conversation with them. I was like, hey, you know, this is just not working for me anymore. Like either I do things 60% well, (laughs) you know, or I work 20 hours every day. It's just... uh, Doesn't work. And I choose to do 60% well. I just cannot give my full quality anymore. Hmm. And they were like, Manu, your 60% is already amazing. So it's fine. (laughs) So, you know, sometimes we just are so... I was super insecure. Uh, there are so many things we learn in our career. Right. So I had to be in control of everything. I knew everything. My, my team was working. You know, I was like the master of processes, everything so organized. And at some point I was like, this is bringing nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it doesn't move the needle that much. I need to take more risks. So it was also important for my own transition into choosing to work for startups this let go and take more risks yeah. because uh, my background started in agencies in offline agencies even before social media were there yeah uh, advertising on the internet was just in the beginning only display and really not super targeted as, as it right. is today and when you work with offline it's like either you do it right or you don't you don't have an iteration the chance to improve you know yes. So it was like a high-pressure environment. So offline events, big activations. You build a gigantic uh, aquarium inside a shopping mall to promote uh, a a uh, waterproof cell phone. Okay. And what if it doesn't work? What if it breaks during the the transport? Two million project. That's it. So... (laughs) Like uh, I had to kind of understand the limits of taking risks and controlling. It was also an amazing learning for me as a person. I can imagine. And where was that in, uh, which part of Brazil was it? Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo, okay. I was born and and raised in Sao Paulo. I also studied the University of Sao Paulo. So that was your home base for a long time. For a long time, yeah. You decided to move away and that must have been 
a difficult thing. And then Germany of all places, like how, how, yeah. how did you choose Germany? <laughs> Being from Brazil. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's Having like, sun if there and... is an opposite to Brazil, that is Germany. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I see it on a very uh, good way. Because uh, when I said I wanted to move here, some of my peers in the agency, they were like, oh, you'll be fine there because it was always on time for meetings. I always had my processes, everything organized. <laughs> and Brazil is like a no man's land, you know, the, no rules. You do what you want. Yeah. So, of course, within certain uh, boundaries, but uh, but still. And so it was already my profile to be organized and to have the sense of, you know, private space and uh, processes, which you know, Germany is like uh, top on that stuff. And I don't see it as a, as a usually, bad usually. thing. Usually, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not always, you know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I was once super uh, beguised that, uh, super <laughs> impressed when I went to the Bürgeramt to get my driver's uh, license or something. And my appointment was at, I don't know, 934. And they called me really at 934. And I was like, <laughs> damn, this is my place. <laughs> But was that Berlin? And uh, how, how long ago Berlin. was that? Because that's not the reality I think <laughs> today. It was, uh, um, I'm living here for six years now. Okay. Almost six. So I just basically came here because I wanted to learn German. It was my dream. I remember asking my mother when I was a kid. She was like, no, why? And I was a kid yeah. and the, at this time, probably the, the Berlin Wall had uh, recently came down uh, beginning of the 90s and German was like this crazy world nobody understood you know yeah. in Brazil a market that only opened in 94 so yeah. uh, it was like too eccentric to say I yeah. want to learn German like a 13 year old child and uh, it stayed in my mind and I like to see all that that process of uh, two Germanys and then the World Cup with two Germanys and then the wall came down and I remember seeing that on the TV and then there was cable TV and I saw Deutsche Welle and I was, wow, <laughs> this language is so awesome. So wow. when this came to my mind again, I was like, okay, this is now I, I had like this, this big uh, change on my personal life. I was married, then I was not anymore. You know, one of those moments where when you're like, this is a big moment of change. Either I take it. Yeah. You know, or I just continue doing the stuff the way I do, which is fine. You don't have to change everything all the time. But I could recognize my life was not that. And so I just basically thought, okay, I'll just take a sabbatical. But first I'll go to Berlin to study German. Yeah. And I just stayed. <laughs> I never took Stuck a sabbatical. In yeah. yeah, it was like my sabbatical was being here and, and learning the language. Yeah. And this new culture and all, but I, I didn't use this money to travel, for example. You didn't get very far. You know, no. Just to Berlin and then yeah. that's it. <laughs> Which uh, I don't regret at all. I love yeah. my life. And the thing with the startups came in the process. I was like, okay, what is the closest thing to an agency I can have? Yeah. Because I like doing different projects and starting things from scratch and structuring processes and hiring teams and training people. And I don't like that big corporation model. Everything mm -hmm. is so, you know, so, so slow 
and you only do what you are told to to do very much in inside your own. your own square yeah and uh, I like to to tell people what to do I like to do, <laughs> to give my opinion you know you should do like that <laughs> yeah so and this is the environment uh, startups have like the good ones they're open for suggestions course there's also a downside is some startups are all over the place but I thought it could be a a good idea so to leave the agency world and build something more sustainable for myself Mm -hmm. that you know I could organize certain schedule that I could uh, work remote once in a while my family still lives in Brazil my sister in Portugal I want to be able to to travel more Right. And now that I have more security or safety or both. Right, uh, yeah. Uh, and so this kind of happened uh, on the process. I just I didn't come to Berlin because it was the startup uh, center of uh, Germany or one of them in Europe. It just happened. And uh, it took me a while to transition from agencies to startups. Because who doesn't work for agencies don't really understand what happens there and how qualified people are and how prepared to deal with pressure they are. Right. So was that like a misconception or what were like the main challenges there like when you were working with startups? So how did you kind of navigate? The first challenge was really to be accepted, to have my experience accepted. Yeah for startups because I left as a director in this agency. Yes. So I was directing the department for one year. So it was not like I was already a director for many years so that I could take over some uh, such position, not anymore in an early stage startup, but one on expansion already, for example. I was not too senior for that. Mm -hmm. For big companies, also not my profile. Yeah. For small, early-stage startups, maybe too expensive. Ah, okay. Or you've never led a team on a startup. This is important, you know. The yeah. F- I don't see startups hiring someone that has a full background in agency. It just doesn't, the profile doesn't match? Or Good question, I don't know. Maybe it's just two different worlds and they don't okay. see that could be a valuable profile. Because I would imagine from a dynamic standpoint or from how, you know, how, what you said, like the pressure, the long hours, all these things you have to deliver and stuff. I would think this is a similarity between startups yeah. and, and agencies. So I would assume it would translate well. Yeah. But you say it, it doesn't really or, or the relative. No, it's different? not my opinion. It's just yeah, who just hires it, people, yeah. either headhunters or the human resources person in a startup, which... In most of the cases, is a working student, you know, like uh, not a senior recruiter or a headhunter that really knows the difference or the the overlaps or the similarities of those worlds. So the thing that I heard uh, the most uh, often was, yeah, it's not really the experience we're looking for. What do you mean? I did strategy, I did media, I did BI, I did content, uh, brand activations, branding. Why is not the experience? With different companies as well, right? With yeah. big clients and yeah. stuff. I would think that's interesting, right? From a skill set perspective and from an experience yeah. to have that in a startup. But yeah. So would you think that's something also that kind of is a problem, this recruiting process? That startups are maybe missing out on some 
talent or some people um, because they have this maybe tunnel vision or yeah I think so? so yeah I think so sometimes and it's weird to see that because startups are only wanting to disrupt something mm -hmm. but they want a specific profile from the same industry <laughs> so okay I have a fintech startup I want somebody with a fintech Background, uh, background. Right? Yeah. and then you bring somebody from your competitor yeah. I don't know it's just uh, maybe it's also the seniority of the management team mm -hmm. that comes into this this whole uh, equation they're usually a lot younger I'm turning 40 less than two years and uh, now in this company I'm now I am the oldest by far in the really? company the CEO wow. is 10 years younger than me Okay. But I was I was really lucky because uh, they are special on a very good way. But yeah. I've seen structures when, you know, the, the management team or the founders were so young and they just have no clue. Right. They yeah. just, you know, don't want to. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or they have, maybe it could be because of my seniority. We are a young company. We don't want somebody that is a lot older. So that works very well. Super well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's also really a funny. good segue, maybe, right? Uh, right into your current position at, uh, is it charlie.education? Because there's more, right? There's... Yeah. We're working on the, on the brand architecture at the moment. Right. But so that I explain to you a bit, uh, what is it about? Charlie was before the company was called Plus Pita. Actually started as Print Pita. It was uh, basically a service to print university scripts ah, okay. for students. So this is how it started, uh, printing scripts and the companies paid for the, the advertisement inside the scripts and topics of interest of uh, students. Mm. So recruiting, you know, job openings or even marketing spaces for um, product promotions and so on. And then at some point they decided to expand for a study platform. So now it includes, you still have the print scripts and you also have a, a platform that is a desktop and, and, and mobile based where you create, you put your documents from the uni, you create annotations, you just cut from there and create flashcards and study on your phone. So oh, it's nice. a, a study support or learning support platform. And it's now f more and more, so it's, it's very like a digitalized kind of experience where I can kind of have everything. We would say it is on the process. Right. We now feel that for the market, it is still important to have an offline solution. It is based in Germany. Germany is still our main market. And the universities still work like that. Yeah. When students start, they get a material from the teacher, from the professor. Here's your script and you study with it the full semester. So would you say that part of your job in marketing is also kind of educating the market, kind of developing it a little bit and telling, kind of informing them, okay, this is, there's ways to do this differently. Yeah warming up the target audience to this product or is there like a readiness already where they say okay we totally have this need and uh -huh. how would you say is the market right now yeah i guess there is a big focus on functions and not on yeah. benefits okay so i don't want to tell a student at least what i consider ideal if i were a student yeah, yeah. here study flashcards 
it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Never, because also my background. I didn't know what flashcards were until I came to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if I get, you know, an ad that says here, create your flashcards, it's not solving anything. It's yeah. just selling a function that probably or maybe I don't know what it is for. Right. And so the ideal for me uh, from a marketing perspective is to be able to target needs and answer with a solution like a benefit give them a benefit, not a function. And sharing the knowledge, I think it's the key and the thing we are discussing more at the moment, how we connect people. And this is like not something we can go back. Yeah. You know, this model of university and studies back there, it's not here anymore. Yeah. It's part of my background. I still, you know, value a lot the opportunity to be in a classroom and listen to a professor. Yes. speaking because yeah. but i am from another generation right it I is changing yeah i didn't grow up with multi screens right yeah. you know i just remember when i was studying i always kind of missed something like that because i always had a problem kind of planning how i'm gonna study and how i'm gonna consume the information like am i printing everything out and yeah. taking notes do I do it like with PDF? I didn't really have an answer to like it was really all over the place. Maybe yeah. that's also because I am who I am kind of. But I when I was kind of researching for this interview, I was like, okay, I, I kind of missed something like that 10, 10 years ago when I was yeah. uh, in university. Um, maybe I just didn't know about it back then. But yeah, so I think it, it's definitely a good step forward. Yeah. And of... and if you think the solutions are already there, the functions, right? You yeah. have a PDF editor, yeah. you have Word, you have exactly. You know, you can create your own flashcards with paper. So the same function, it's already there. So when you talk about disrupting, you're not changing the function; you're changing the way to use that function. Making it more yeah. accessible as well, probably right. Yeah. Usability, probably. Yeah, you're just improving, you know, for specific matters, but the solutions are already there. Yeah. So the phone was not reinvented. You need to speak or you need to write. Right. But the solution was built on a different way. Yeah. People always spoke and wrote since the language exists. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's how you kind of take the need and then just see, okay, how can I benefit this, right? And yeah change maybe the way the package of the whole thing yeah well that's very interesting um but now you only just started there right so it's still kind of in the beginnings you kind of just started working there so how was like the transition because before that you worked for quite a while as an advisor right as a a yes i was like uh two years three years since I live here, uh, yeah. I have been working every now and then or with some companies I have been for a while. Right. So I advise some projects uh, pro bono because I believe on them. And I know very early stage startups don't have money to pay for a senior um, nice. advice. So if I just like the founders, I like the idea, they're genuine they, you know, they're not like they're just trying to take advantage. Oh, let's get it for free. You yeah. know, when I feel the relationship is genuine, I am happy to meet for a coffee every two months and give my advice and check on their numbers, on their strategy. Cool. So yeah. there are some companies I do this uh, for. Still or no? Still. Still. Still, yeah. Uh, fintech. 
art tech, so to say, like mm-hmm. a marketplace that connects galleries, artists, and uh, buyers, collectors. Oh, interesting. Very interesting to cool. digitize such a market. Yeah. And they are such nice people. I met them when I gave a seminar at the factory about social media for early stage startups. Cool. I was like, yeah, I, I want to talk about this topic. So I prepared the seminar. I just uh, prepared and gave it uh, for free at the factory because I, I don't know, why should I keep my knowledge to myself and just make money with it, mm-hmm. you know? I don't like that feeling of just working for money. Yeah. And But that I just realized when I tell you so many times that it's important to know yourself and your growth and, you know, your processes of change. This is also important when you choose your career path. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I feel it's important to have my job, my full-time job or part-time job the ideal scenario have this safety net a little (laughs) bit because i need it i've tried other ways and it didn't work for me i need this but i also like to have the feeling that i'm just helping and sharing my knowledge so now i'm looking for a sustainability project to support pro bono if you know of any i will think let me know yeah Yeah, just to to advise them or consult them this is something i learned on the way so i I started in agencies i started leading teams and i saw how important it was for me to lead people to share knowledge to you know help them see what they're best at what they're not so good at and you know Mm. help them grow and then I came here, I was like, okay, startups at a while. So I went back to do, to having teams on a very different setup, small companies, lots of freelancers, for yeah. example, yeah. or consultants, or it's not necessarily a leadership position of leading people, but it's still leading processes. Yeah. 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 And in the end, a good leader is not the one that uh, knows how to do everything, is the one that can find the best resources to do what has to be done. Yes. And in that sense, you can find those great resources on freelancers. And then at some point, I'll say, you know, what the hell with a startup? I just want to have more freedom. I'll try to be a freelancer. And I was for a while, that's when we met. When we met, yeah. And I thought it was just great, the experience of, you know, having my own schedule and uh, like uh, the excitement of, of having new projects and that kind of stuff, signing a new contract. But in time, I was missing leading people. And yeah. uh, the sense of being part of this strategy, I think it's something that very frequently you're like, you find yourself really immersed in tactics. Yes. And you don't know why you're doing the things you're doing anymore. And sometimes you try to bring up your point and they're just not really open to it. It's like, you know, yeah. do your thing. So this, I felt I was like selling my hours. Yeah. And for me, it was not fulfilling. Mm. But it's not like I criticize this way of life or the way some freelancers work because this is also not a standard. For me, I have other needs, so to say. Yeah. So this process of getting to know what your needs are, what you envision for your future, and there are many ways to do. At some point, I was like, okay, either I freelance or work full-time. Either I have a job or I'm a consultant for several different projects. 
And I got to the point when I see, okay, I can do both. <laughs> yeah, it's I possible. don't need for me. I don't need to make money with both. So it's not always about money. Yeah, the fulfillment comes in different ways. Some people find fulfillment doing volunteer work. It's kind of what I do when I advise without making money. I have no shares on those companies. And when I do, <laughs> because I was working more, more hours with them, like as a consultant, not as an advisor. But for the ones that I advise, I have no participation. It's just, you know. It's just, you just do it every yeah. once in a while, just share your knowledge and experience. Yeah, and, and the people are cool. And uh, yeah. sorry, to no, come sure. back to that, yeah. this freelancer profile, you know, selling your hours. I think this could be on point when we want to talk about difference between freelancing for a startup or for an agency, for example, or for a huge company a big company there are some companies that expect your hours like agencies for example of course they have uh, different quality standards for different kinds of freelancing jobs but they know what has to be done mm -hmm. uh, i want to hire an art director they already have uh, chief of the creative director oh, okay yeah because it's all director in agencies. I don't know. <laughs> so they have a creative director and they want to hire uh, art directors. They know what has to be done. What are their standards of quality? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, how much the, the hours cost and that kind of stuff. So the right. freelancer sells. Of course, their amazing backgrounds, their qualifications, but inside those hours. For a startup, for example, very small teams... Sometimes they just cannot bring intelligence. They need somebody that does SEO. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So let's say a young marketing lead that has three years of experience. This person worked in paid media only and doesn't have much experience of SEO, but knows they need some work on that direction to be done. If they hired the hours, it's a failed work. If you're hiring the tactic and not the, the thinking, the strategy. So in that case, if I need to hire a freelancer to help me with one of the stuff that I'm not good at, I expect him to advise me. Right. That's not measured in hours. It's measured in what comes out of it, right? What kind of gets developed at the end. So yeah, you, you when sell you... a result, basically, right? Not an hour. Then. Exactly. Yeah. So... It is included. Okay, this is the report of the paid campaign of the optimizations. I would recommend you to this, this, and this. The market has this situation now. Why don't you test this way? Maybe there is an opportunity with this argument, you know, this small step further. And it's not like the freelancer has to work more. If the person is good, the insight is already there. Mm -hmm. Just need to give. Right. And then, of course, there is this, this limit. I was a freelancer already. Sometimes you just give too much yeah, and you're not paid and you, you usually get paid by the hour. Right. But uh, it's, uh, as I said before, it's building relationship is the key in the end. You build right. this trust so the startup on the next time, they won't look for a cheaper freelancer because they get more for what they pay. Yeah, and they realize it then as yeah. well. I think also like my goal for myself is also kind of sell more of results than ours. I think that's yeah. also something that I want to do with clients. 
So some projects I do on an hourly basis. Sometimes it's much success basis, right? Mm -hmm. Or or really just kind of okay. So what are we trying to achieve? And then it's going to be a package, or it's going to be as something like okay, we define something that's an outcome, and then that's the thing I'm working for, and that's the thing I'm getting paid for. Mm -hmm. How many hours are I'm always going to calculate with hours. It, yeah. when I'm doing it because yeah. I'm like okay that's how long it will take me yeah. and it's easy to kind of do it that way because that's just how and also for regulations right also for regulations yeah. <laughs> but if you sell a project it's never-ending it's discussion that's the, <laughs> right exactly that's that's the experience so so yeah. right so so it can also be like people gonna put as much stuff into this project and then yeah. the the hourly rate will kind of disappear yeah so <laughs> been there done that yeah yeah <laughs> exactly so that's kind of the thing but um yeah, maybe since we're already there, kind of there, it's like, what would you say when someone starts as a freelancer or was planning to do it as a freelancer? Because you've been on these many different sides, right? On the client side, now we heard that you work for agencies and you were a freelancer as well. Like, if I want to do this, if I'm new, like, what's the process? What's the best way to do it? The first thing is really coming back to this look into yourself and your needs, what you're good at you know, what you want to do, what you don't want to do, how flexible you can be, because then you build your own brand and your own business. Hmm. And uh, freelancers work in very different ways. Also, I've seen already people that, you know, research marketing or market trends and kind of find a niche who will be this kind of freelancer, you yeah. know, search keywords. Yeah, and kind of position themselves there. It is a way to do, but in my personal uh, opinion, uh, you first have to answer the stuff, your own needs. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the market needs. Yeah. And uh, Probably tempting to do it this it way is. around, right? Because yeah. it's more tactical as well. It's yeah. more very clear. Like, but um, I'm, I'm super driven, driven by building uh, relationships. Mm. Mm. When we come back to um, what am I selling? Am I selling my intelligence, my hours? If I'm selling my hours, it's fine. Then the, the positioning thing, the keyword search could work pretty well. Yeah. So it's also, it's kind of cliche, but when you create your own brand, it's kind of a self-understanding exercise and finding the things you're really good because those are the things you're going to promote and sell. The others on the side, it's like, yeah, I can do that. You know, I'm not a performance marketer, but of course I can do it. If yeah. it's involved in a project, I will. Yeah. But what I sell, I sell strategy. This is what I'm good at. Yeah. So I would say that that is the, the biggest uh, advice I, I could give. Maybe not try to surf a market trend, but mm -hmm. find out what you're really good at and what you want to do and build those relationships. So as we briefly discussed before, kind of starts, the freelancing thing starts with, right, a close relationship. So yeah. we'll help here, I know somebody. Like a network. A network, yeah. so somebody recommends you. I have an open position in the company, I, I, you, I, yeah, I offer to spoke. you. Yeah, we spoke, yeah. It kind of works on the same way, even right. either you're a freelancer or, or not, you know, this networking always helps. And in our case, it was, mm -hmm. It was genuine. It was not like, hey, Manu, I want to, you know, keep in touch on LinkedIn. Exactly, yeah. 
kind of, <laughs> we were speaking about the podcast and you just kind of yeah yeah exactly. so those things just just happen and this yeah. this genuine uh, attitude towards your own career it's kind of perceived by other people and i see now on my personal you know evolution process when it comes to my profession what i chose to do is uh, for a living that when it was clear to me what i love to do and why you know things just happened in an amazing way yeah it's it's, it seems like bullshit. What, what kind of advice is that? Yeah, go with the flow. <laughs> what you read on blogs and stuff like that. Right? <laughs> meditate, which I also do and I totally yeah. recommend. <laughs> but this, this, uh, this understanding and it, it applies to every brand. Yeah. What you're good at. Do you see that in a person? Like if you are speaking to freelancers or people that maybe you even uh, hire for Charlie now or, or other companies when you speak to these people do you feel that is that something you look for as well or are you just like okay i'm, I'm just looking for a certain thing this guy this person um kind of fulfills that yes i'm going to choose you or does this other thing play a, a big role as well um i really like to hire young talents because yeah. uh this process of identifying what they like to do, this test and error, it's something amazing to, to see happening. So, and also when I, when I hire more, more senior resources, uh, of course I look for a set of skills, but I look for intelligence and profile. Mm -hmm. So the person needs to do on and off page SEO. Yeah, they only did on page SEO so far. But on the talk, I see how they observe the channels acting together and how they can, you know, create, generate their own insights, how they read the market. Mm -hmm. For me, this is a lot more important because my university course and also my, my post-graduation were super theoretic. The theoretic? Yeah, theoretical. Theoretic uh, <laughs> courses or whatever. I didn't learn how to, to create a campaign on my uni. And my, my post-graduation was on psychoanalytic semiotics, which is, you know, <laughs> think the structure of the language and how this uh, intertwines with the, with the culture. So I didn't learn at school. I learned by mm. doing. And mm. I think this is, this is the magic. When you learn by doing, whatever they give you to do that aligns with your skill set, you know, with your profile, you just do. Right. So this is what I search when I hire people and also when I, I bring uh, freelancers to work with the team. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Okay, so, so you're looking more, can they understand how different channels interact with each other? Can, do they have a, an eye for the customer, for the market, things yeah. like that? And they also have specialties. Uh, there yeah. are people in the team that are better at writing, people right. that can develop people that are good with uh, visuals, you know, but in the end, what I ask from my team is know how to read numbers yeah. and turn them into insights. And this is a social media person. This is a SEO manager. Same, it right? is a CRM manager. It is a, an intern. You know, you have to know how to read the results of what you're doing. Right. But would you say like from a freelancer standpoint, so sometimes I get different kind of 
I hear different things. So sometimes like people say, I, I really like all rounders, you know, people that kind of know a lot of different things. Others say, okay, you need to specialize. Mm-hmm. Um, you already touched upon that saying, okay, if you are a specialist, that's good, but you have to have an understanding, some type of intelligence, mm-hmm. seeing the whole big, big picture. But what would be your opinion about that? Is it good to be an all-rounder nowadays mm-hmm. or is it good, better to be spe- a specialist? I think there is no better or worse there. In the end, is what your, your client is looking for. Yeah. I would say for a startup, if you want to have startups as your main clients, for example, search for your specialty, things you're good at. But don't forget, this is always part of a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah? If you want to be an all-rounder, for example, the kind of projects you get are totally different. You're maybe in the beginning of campaigns or on branding projects. You're structuring social media channel plan. Yeah. And then, and social channel plan is like a world of stuff. You work right. with organic, with uh, owned content, with uh, user-generated content. You, you also use paid media. So it really depends. And it comes back to the point. Find the thing you're, you're good at and your own sales uh, proposition. But I personally don't like to hire people that are too specialized, that mm. have never done anything else. I only do performance because then I miss this component that I look for in people that are with me on my my own battle. Yeah, okay, I do performance. My main goal, my KPI is to have the cheapest cost per acquisition. And then when you see or acquire on a market that is not even valuable for you anymore. Terrible, that lead doesn't buying your platform is just the cheapest one well this is what you hired me for yeah and then the company will be oh you know we worked with that freelancer yeah it was okay but the leads were shit. <laughs> right a good point really good point so it's a lot about how am i designing my strategy what kind of kpis as a company am i really prioritizing but there will never be that reflection to say okay we should have done a better job at doing this. Yeah. The, it falls back on the person you hired to do a certain job, right? Yeah. Would you say that this is also from an agency or freelancer perspective, sometimes the scapegoat as well for if things go wrong, sometimes people being hired and then things are not working. It's not our, like our fault, but it's that person. Oh yeah, definitely. Kinda, yeah, this, yeah, this exists also. But then it comes back to the point, the profile of the freelancer. Does he ask the right questions? Mm-hmm. Does he document it? Because I'm, I'm a fan of documentation. Well, that, that was sad. You Me know, too. We took the decision <laughs> together. My recommendation was this. We try, we choose to, to follow another path. Yeah. <laughs> Always uh, record uh, the calls, right? <laughs> and and document everything and run it back and say, okay, yeah, this is like, what we... As I recommended, this yeah. was not the best targeting. It's the cheapest. Right. Do you want to go for the cheapest or the most valuable? Right. And sometimes those... And I think this is the point with most of the freelancers I worked with. The focus on, oh, I'm selling my hour and not really questioning Yes. Why do you want to do it like this? Sorry, this is this briefing is not clear to me. Yeah. Why this and not this? Right. It's a kind of shift of perspective. It's kind of are you there to advise someone or are you just there to, to do the job? 
Exactly. Right? Yeah. But it's a process for me as well. And I've been doing this now for five years. And I see the same thing. Like in the beginning, I'm now coming to this point where I start to be more an advisor more and less of a person yeah. that, that maybe does certain hours. But you have to be confident yeah. too, right? Yeah. So this took me a long time. Yeah, me, yeah. me too. I'm yeah. still in this process. Yeah. Being confident in your own work and what you bring to the table, confident to speak to, to these people and kind of uh, tell them, hey, this is, I think, I would advise you to do this. Yeah. I think it makes more sense. Um, but I think it's important, right? If you want to build a career as a good consultant, freelancer, whatever, to take this approach, right? So, yeah. And in the end, you know, you as a freelancer, you're not the one taking the risk. Yeah. So you can advise, but the one who will sign, okay, I'll take your advice, is the guy or the woman that is hiring you. Yeah. So, you know, they are taking the risk by hiring a person that is an external. Right. So the risk is not, not yours. And there's never a guarantee that things things yeah. work, right? Especially mm. in marketing. Especially Even though we can measure everything, there's no magic formula for marketing. Yeah. Right? No, it's really good. Yeah, but also this, you came to a, a very important point. This confidence also comes with experience and seniority. So mm-hmm. if you're just starting, probably what you will sell are your hours. Which is fine. Which right? is fine. I'm not saying it's, it's wrong. Yeah. For yeah, me, yeah. it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, but um, again, this is not the profile I hire for my projects mm-hmm. because now on startups, I need people that bring intelligence to the table and not right. just get things done. Right. If I want to get things done and I don't want to take the risk, I hire an agency and then we share the risk. <laughs> <laughs> And you know that part as well, right? From your background. So, so that's, uh, that's also very, very good. You know all these different uh, parts of the whole, whole ecosystem. But kind of like going back a little bit to, to your current position, what are the next months kind of looking oh, like? Yeah. So, so exciting. I was telling them how happy I feel to have taken this opportunity. Sadly, I had to leave my, the last company because of those uh, Corona times. But uh, on the other hand, on the other side, uh, this opportunity came to me. Hmm. So now the challenge is B2C and B2B operations were separated until now in the, the last year, I guess. So I'm leading both teams. So this is the first big challenge. Wow, okay. They just had a rebranding. We are working on positioning now. This is something very interesting on startups. The market changes super fast. And positioning is not something that stays for years. You have to review your positioning every other year. Yeah. So this is something I'm, I'm doing now. I love to do brand work not only the visual but the strategy that comes with it the the positioning how it compares to other players and then uh, improving a lot on operations channel planning so my biggest challenge is really to connect people more Mm -hmm. and this reading data yeah so okay we're just one team i cannot have somebody doing performance and the other person doing social media and they don't connect. Right. What is bringing the better, the most qualified leads? Probably not the paid media, I would say. (laughs) I'm a fan of organic acquisition. Yeah. I'm a fan of uh, 
full tactics. Right, because it's more of an intent already there when people come from these channels. Yeah. Is that the reason or? Yes, and also uh, I feel that the, the world got too invasive. You know, I have to advertise on, on social platforms, which I'm not naming, but you know probably <laughs> what they are. I don't feel the numbers are super transparent, not to people that use the platform, not to advertisers. I don't really believe But there is no way the guy really did this well. We are locked with this platform. We're not a Coca-Cola that can, you know, say, okay, I'm just... Or Unilever or whatever. Not advertising yeah. on those platforms yeah. at the moment. So I'm not on that level with my team and my product, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But so this, this is why I, I prefer, you know, to work with an intent that is already there. And my challenge is to create that intent so that I can, I need to use push tactics the least I can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The students' world is so amazing. I have been looking for a project I am passionate about when I feel I'm, I'm giving something to the world that is super valuable. And I feel this now. Education, it's, you don't question. Yeah. Yeah. So it really gives me goosebumps. So this world is, is super connected. The university times were the best for me also. And I can imagine how they are great for the, the students yeah. of now. So how do we make this less traumatic? You know, this process of going through uh, clausura, the, the exams uh, phase, and connect people more, connect the students more, share more, more knowledge. Exciting times, a lot to structure. We're on planning phase now. The next days we'll be doing workshops. For me, it's so funny to be the oldest one. It's like, okay, now the pressure is even bigger because they expect I give good advice. You're the experienced one, right? Everybody's looking up to you. Go to the the oracle. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You in your room and everyone. But I think it's awesome. And and, and the the thing that comes with uh, maturity of knowing you can say sorry this is not a topic i am experienced at Mm -hmm. you know sorry i don't have this answer yeah maybe i'll search some some benchmarks talk to people right so this confidence to say i don't know it's something that uh, comes also with age and and experience right and to be open towards this right to make mistakes or not know everything and and kind of And in startup, there's a, a lot of room to make mistakes and try. Yeah. There's something I still need to challenge myself. As I told you, coming from an offline background, you're really like into planning. You know, things have to happen on a certain way. Yeah. So it's good that my team is a lot younger than I am because they just have this mindset of just, you know, do it. Yeah. And I'm the one to say, okay. Let's plan a bit more. <laughs> right. So you bring the planning yeah, side in. This landing page. Yeah. Maybe we take two more days. <laughs> right. Right. So it's a, it's the mixture that uh, makes probably is a is a good thing, right? To have both. Uh, kind and of. this is why the company brought me in. Probably they're okay. really good and you know just doing and and testing and and, and failing, of course, because they're you know a startup. It's that culture as well, right? So, yeah. yeah. And they're really good in, in taking the risks and the, the management team is, is amazing. But then they sometimes need somebody to, you know, give more structure. Right. And this is one thing that I'm, I'm good at, I guess. <laughs> that's, maybe that's the thing that you're selling then the most, right? Yeah. 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 Giving structure and planning and being able to 
have the big picture yeah. in place. And well, I, I hope that you're successful there and I hope this works out. It sounds very interesting. It sounds like a, you found a place where you're very happy yeah. and you like to work. And I'm also glad that you got to find a team that kind of uh, just you like to work with. And so I, I wish you all the best. Thank you. With uh, your next chapter. And I'm very happy that you took the time in your busy schedule to have this small, short, short interview, I was going to say, but it's, it's been a while, but it's, <laughs> it's very cool. I mean, I like, I like long interviews. I hope people out there like it too, because I, th I think it was very cool conversation and uh, very interesting. Thank you. So yeah, yeah, um, too. yeah <laughs> me too. So I, I really wish you all the best of course and um, we'll link a lot of things about Charlie in the description as well and if anybody wants to check it out they can uh, click on the link and um, yeah give them a chance to, to kind of see what you're doing and how you're disrupting the whole education yeah. space yeah mm -hmm. so uh, <laughs> if you have anything more to share you can share it now um. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Any last words? <laughs> Any last words? I don't know. I think we covered pretty much covered everything, uh, right? everything. Yeah. 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 You don't have to have any last words. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna end it with uh, with this, and it's it's been really a pleasure uh, talking uh, to you and having this conversation. So, yeah. Thank you. And talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>